You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Beaver Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Beaver Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, let's fire it up. Let's get it going. Great to be back with you. Another edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Looking forward to another big weekend of matchups around the country in FCS college football. The slate isn't a sexy one overall, but that's where you can maybe find some of the best games, right? That's like we always say, that's why you play them. And there are some fun conference matchups coming up, but you don't have the big top 10 clashes or uh, the big rivalry clashes overall in a lot of these meetings. Still, some big games to discuss and big games to talk about around the country that have postseason implications this weekend. I'll tell you what, though, next week, uh, that's going to be a fun one. We got a great show lined up already for you next week with top eight seeding implications on the line on November the 6th. So uh, that will be a fun week gearing up for a massive weekend around FCS college football. Great show lined up. Greg Medea covers James Madison, covers the FCS as well as anybody does. Daily News Record in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Going to stop by today. And uh, even though with the news, Uh, On Thursday, that JMU is going to have to wait until some of these uh, elections out in Virginia are wrapped up next Tuesday before they move forward with an official announcement or decision from the Board of Visitors, as they call it, uh, in the state of Virginia. Uh, All the reports are showing that JMU is moving up to the Sun Belt Conference and uh, leaving the FCS. Uh, That now... Conference USA is starting to position themselves and make some moves, it sounds like, and could be reaching out to some different FCS programs and FCS schools around the country as well. I'll be honest with you, the realignment topic, I'm kind of over it right now, but you need to know about it. It's big. It means a lot for the division. It's obviously important, and it affects so many people. So, it's one we need to discuss, even though we, we've kind of hit it and, and hammered it into the ground, right? But it's, it's very important. There's no question about it. Uh, James Madison's leaving the FCS. They're leaving the CAA. What does that mean for the CAA? Well, very interesting. CAA, there's been a couple of different reports that they would uh, essentially split into North and South divisions and they would play a lot of their games within their region to save on travel expenses. I'll tell you one thing. For the CAA and football and the FCS, James Madison leaving 
in my mind, it eliminates that from the power conference label in FCS college football. And so it, it, JMU is such a national brand in the FCS. I think they elevate the league. It, it, they, they make the league better uh, with their commitment to football. It makes everybody else step up if they want to be successful. Villanova has done a nice job. They're a basketball school, obviously, but Villanova has competed very, very well. Delaware trying to step up and regain some of their past glory under the great head coach, the late Tubby Raymond, uh, back in the day. Danny Rocco trying to do that at Delaware and Newark right now. They're investing, putting money into Delaware Stadium, into facilities. So Delaware's trying to keep up. You know, and outside of that, eh, I, you know, it's it's tough to, to really put anybody else in that category. No, you know, it's not a disrespect to anyone. Everybody has their own financial situations within their schools and what they value. But that's sort of the tough spot where the FCS is at right now. You've got programs like James Madison and North Dakota State beginning to look around the division and wonder the commitment to the division with football and with the financial commitment, it's not all there across the board. And, of course, it's not going to be when you have leagues that don't have scholarships for athletics and when you don't have leagues that fully fund their football programs up to the 63 scholarship point. We are at a unique time in the world of college athletics where, with the trickle-down effect, the FCS, and specifically the top tier of the FCS, are being directly impacted by decisions made by the Blue Bloods in the Power Five, by the Oklahoma-Texas decision to go to the SEC. Those decisions have created the ripple effects all the way down to the Sunbelt Conference, to Conference USA, to the American, and now to the top tier of FCS college football. I've seen reports out there that the CAA would look at bringing on Hampton and Howard into the league. I also saw a report Uh, Earlier this week from Sidelines Sports Network, uh, they tweeted out with JMU's departure from the CAA, rumors are circulating that the Southern members of the CAA are exploring departing for the SOCON. This would mean the additions of Richmond, William & Mary in all sports, College of Charleston in basketball, and Elon in all sports as well. So essentially, uh, you look at the CAA South moving to the SOCON, you'd have a league made up of Richmond, William & Mary, VMI, ETSU, Elon, Wofford, Furman, Mercer, Samford, Chattanooga, to name some of the the football programs that, you know, kind of are taking it seriously on the rise right now with what they do in FCS college football. Don't know if there's any substance to that, but that's what's flying around. That's the era we're living in right now here in FCS college football. And we're continuing to try and make our way through the muddy waters and how it would all look. Mentioned last week that Sam Houston, Tarleton State, McNeese are are all intrigued by what Conference USA is doing. Chris Vanini with the report from The Athletic that Conference USA is targeting New Mexico State, Liberty, and UConn in in their next round of realignment. Uh, Depending on what Marshall does, that would put that league at eight schools uh, with everybody coming and going, would Conference USA be done? Doesn't feel like it. Wouldn't seem you'd want to end there. You want some more stability, trying to get into double digits with some of your league members. Sam Houston, Tarleton, McNeese are those schools that are interested. 
You know, North Dakota State continues to evaluate this from Fargo, North Dakota. Geography's been tough. Uh, if NDSU was in a more densely populated area, if they were on the East Coast or in the South, I think there's a strong chance that NDSU would be in the FBS already. We'll get to that in a moment. Had a chance to talk with NDSU Director of Athletics Matt Larson earlier in the week, and with the news of James Madison moving up to the FCS, here's what Matt, who's on the FCS playoff committee, and obviously the AD at the most prominent football institution in the division, had to say about his thoughts now on FCS college football. I mean, right now, I mean, incredibly fortunate. You know, the number one or two program in the country, depending on what poll or who you ask or whatever it might be. And so I think in a really strong position from an FCS uh, standpoint. But but I go back to what I said earlier. I'm, I'm really concerned if we start to lose some of the better programs at FCS, you know, what does that do for our fan base? What does that do for our attendance? What does that do for, you know, just the overall division and, you know, level of play and competition and all those kinds of things? And so, um, you know, that's why I think it is really important for us to evaluate as we move forward what what does make the most sense? What is the, the best situation for us? But that also doesn't mean let's not because I, I think we are seeing some institutions panic. And I don't sure. think, and I think when you make a when you make a um, a decision because you're stressed or panicked, a lot of times that ends up being the wrong decision. And so, if we're going to make a decision, it has to be the right decision for NDSU. And like I've said all along, that decision may be, hey, we're going to stay where we are, and and that makes a lot of sense. But I think you have to be really, really smart in terms of what makes the most sense for your institution and don't do it just because you feel like you don't have any other choice. And then geography, as we were talking about earlier, uh, what does that mean? It's a big part. Some feel it's the only reason why NDSU has not been contacted directly by a conference about uh, moving up to the FBS. And so it's, it's a fascinating discussion. There's a lot of layers that go into this. Certainly there's political, financial a lot that goes on here, uh, but here is Matt Larson on the geography question of where NDSU is located and how that does affect this entire discussion. I think geography is is a huge piece, and, and rightfully so. I think it, it should be. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think what we've seen these last, you know, maybe not this last go-around, but prior to that, I mean, you, you have you – have, teams traveling all over the country across mm. all sports to compete you've lost regional rivalries which I think is crazy but that's what college athletics has become and so I agree I mean if we were on the if we were on the east coast somewhere yeah we probably would have had several invitations again all things remaining equal um, so I think geography absolutely plays into it a little bit where you know we're a little bit geog- geographically isolated and so that's that's the reality of what it is and so nothing's changing that um, at least at least not at this point. It is a hot topic of debate amongst Bison fans in Fargo, around the state of North Dakota, and around the country as well. As you continue to watch some of the Blue Bloods and FCS college football move up to the FBS, James Madison being the next one, what's the right time? Is there a right time for North Dakota State to make this move as well? It is one that all FCS fans will be watching intently in the weeks and months to come. Hey, football season is rolling, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an incredible offer for listeners of the FCS Fever podcast. New users can bet $5 on any game, and if their team wins, they automatically win $200 in free cash. That's right. One pick, one money line win, and get $200 in free cash. Here's what you do. Click the link in the bio, sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook, and make your first deposit. Make a $5 money line bet on any team, And if your team wins, you get an automatic $200 thanks to our friends 
at DraftKings. It's the best offer going in sports betting, so act now. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Or call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. 21 and older, 18 and older in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit, minimum $1 wager. Well, Greg Medea back with us on the FCS Fever podcast. He is arguably one of the busiest college football writers and reporters out there right now, tracking down realignment as James Madison, we told you earlier, officially won't be able to, uh, I guess, get the final stamp of approval until next week. But they did have a big board of visitors meeting today on the future of JMU athletics and specifically James Madison football. Um, how you doing, my friend? How you hanging in there? It's been a, a crazy Friday for you. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I've been busy, but uh, with with good reason. It, it's exciting for, for James Madison, and it's wild to cover a realignment saga. I will say that. Uh, I experienced it a little bit when I was a student reporter at West Virginia, uh, and they left the Big East for the Big 12. But gosh, uh, an FCS to FBS jump along uh, with a conference change. It's, uh, it, it's been quite the whirlwind the last week, eight days, ten days or so. All right, give us the news from the Board of Visitors meeting today. What happened? Yeah, so they, at the Board of Visitors meeting, the an athletic presentation took place, uh, and then a vote took place. The presentation, uh, I guess you could say, uh, was, was playing a part in, in whether or not uh, James Madison's Board of Visitors would, would approve it. Uh, it was voted on that it was a unanimous vote that, that James Madison has uh, decided to and it has approved the move to proceed forward uh, with the, the process that it takes in Virginia, in the state of Virginia, to make uh, a jump from the football championship subdivision, the FCS, the FBS. Uh, so that, that's what happened, unanimous vote. And, and now James Madison is on to the next, Step, which is ultra important. The Dukes need approval from the General Assembly in Virginia. And I reported on what's today? Today's Friday. I reported on Thursday uh, that the meeting will not take place uh, until after uh, Tuesday's governor election in the state of Virginia. So that's why James Madison's been on a little bit of a delayed timeline compared to the, the Southern Miss, the Old Dominion, and today Marshall joining the Sun Belt Conference. Okay, so unanimous from the Board of Visitors of JMU, next steps are it goes to the General Assembly in the state following the election uh, of the governor. Um, is there any concern that the state is going to push back at all on this? I know sources that I have had said JMU is working very hard on its presentation that it'll make to the General Assembly in Richmond, and that'll be next Friday morning, November 5th at 10.30 a.m. Uh, they're working very hard on that. I've heard through my sources that 
they, they want to make sure that they can prove financially uh, they can meet all the necessary uh, upgrades, requirements, and, and needs uh, that it'll take to be successful at the FBS level. So uh, and that includes the Cox Bill in Virginia, which it, 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 in that bill there is, there is a clause that you can only have uh, a certain percentage of student fees cover your athletic department spending. Uh, and, and James Madison has a really high percentage right now and has allowed more at the FCS level. So that gets that number gets brought down at percentage when you go into the group of five. So they have to prove they can make all those. And I, I've heard they're working very hard to make sure that presentation's tight. Uh, but I think my expectation is James Madison uh, wouldn't be bringing it to their board of visitors, wouldn't be bringing it to the General Assembly unless they thought it could pass. Greg Medea, Daily News Record, Board of Visitors unanimously approves James Madison to move to the Sun Belt. There's one more step, big step to take for JMU politically next week, as Greg tells us, for this to become official. What is the response from the fan base of moving from the FCS to the FBS? Yeah, I think the, the overwhelming majority is that they're thrilled. I think James Madison makes this move knowing uh, the the alumni that have graduated since that have seen have seen the team uh, really rise to prominence over the last half decade or so wanted more. They 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 wanted to have competitive Saturdays in the fall weekend and week out. And I think that's what this move does move does for James Madison football particularly. They'll get to play former peers schools that used to be at the FCS or formerly 1AA level on a regular basis uh, in an East division in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, you look and it'll, it'll stretch from West Virginia and Virginia down to Georgia. Uh, and, and those schools are, are a lot of schools James Madison has played in the past. Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, right in the state, four hours away in, in Norfolk, and Marshall, right, right over the border in West Virginia and Huntington. Uh, about four hours away. So there are some regional aspects of this that the fan base is, is just so, so thrilled about. The Colonial Athletic Association uh, is is just been – it's gotten a little stale, I think, for the fan base, is, is safe to say, especially in the recent years when, when James Madison has largely uh, dominated its, its, its competition in the CAA. This should open up some opportunities to play – uh, so some big-time games in the non-conference, too, and play some of the schools that James Madison hasn't played all that recently in, in UVA and, and Virginia Tech, I would think, in the non-conference. So fans are very excited about that. There is, I would think, a small section of the fan base, too, that's a little disappointed because you don't get to play for championships when you go to the FBS level. Uh, you, that, that, at least right now, how it's currently constructed. Maybe down the road at the college football playoff, expands as many things as many think it will then maybe that opportunity is there but as a kid sits currently you know the best you're probably playing for is a sunbelt championship and, and a trip to a bowl game uh, and that's fine uh, you, you know how it is though you want to be relevant in december and not just play that that third tier game greg do you have any insight as when as to when james madison will begin their scholarship uptick trying to get from 63 to 85 will this be the last year jmu will be fcs postseason eligible i would think so uh you've seen the dates i'm sure that for for old dominion southern miss and and marshall uh 
no later than July 1, 2023. I would think James Madison's going to fall into that in terms of joining the Sunbelt Conference. James Madison is already over the 63 scholarship limit right now because everybody in the FCS and, and all of college athletics, we're all the, the players, we're all given an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. So James Madison has more scholarship players than, than the typically allotted 63 at the FCS level already. So I would think James Madison is not going to want to go backward and reduce back to 63 just to have to ramp up again. So I think there's some things to work out, but I know, I know that there's some thought to, to you know try to do it as soon as possible. Uh, but typically there is a two-year transitional period. My take is they likely wouldn't be postseason eligible next year in the FCS, uh, and then they would probably have a year where they're not bowl eligible at the FBS level. Greg Medea, Daily News Record, with us on the program. Where does this leave the CAA? as a conference a lot of different reports and rumors out there what have you heard what could happen to that league yeah it's, it's interesting you know it's, they, they they kind of lose the the big dog in the league uh, and the team that's really been the dominant team in the caa at least on the football side uh for for quite a while i think there's uh, i've seen a number of reports rumors some speculation about uh you know maybe does, does elon think about joining the southern conference does the caa think about expanding with Schools like Monmouth and, and and go a different direction. Uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of decisions that have to be made by schools in the CAA and the CAA itself. I think there is probably some folks in the CAA that is is ha- that are happy to see James Madison move on. I would think some of the football programs now feel like it's 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 a little more more fair of a fight and uh, in, in terms of in terms sure. of winning the CAA. Yeah. So maybe. So maybe that that provides incentives for teams to stay if they feel like you know what the league doesn't have its 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 big time team, but uh, the rest of the league is still pretty good. And and then all of a sudden you know you, you get in that chance and maybe you have a better shot at the playoffs. Uh, so I think there's a lot of decisions to be made in the next you know weeks months. And it's crazy just to think how how far the the trickle down effect is has gone when you think back to July and uh, Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 to, for the SEC. Uh, it's all stemming from that. It's, it's wild to think that it's, it's reaching this far down, uh, you know, <laughs> into the FCS. really is. It really is. Great work as always. Thanks so much, my friend. Greg Medea, Daily News Record in Harrisonburg, Virginia. JMU looking like headed towards the Sun Belt and the FBS. One more step to take next week. Greg, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Of course, Jeff. Take care. All right, big thanks, Greg Medea, with an update there. Again, I, I know we're, we want to talk about football. We want to talk about the games. We're going to do that here in this segment. Uh, but this is a big topic for the future of the division, for the landscape of the division of FCS college football overall. So I want to get you educated on that. All right, some of the games. There's a few games I'm keeping my eye on here this weekend that I, I find very interesting. The SOCON is all over the place right now. If you're a fan of drama... It is a fun one to follow with everyone that is in the mix right there in Chattanooga with how they have been playing uh, their win over ETSU. They have been surging. How about Samford at VMI, 21st-ranked Kedets at 5-2 and two and 3-1. and one. Samford loves to chuck it. VMI has got a great pass defense overall, and Samford has played close with ETSU and, and Mercer, two of the top teams around the league, 
VMI, of course, won this bad boy in the springtime. They're still in the mix at 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the SoCon. Buckle up for the last few weeks of the regular season here as uh, it's going to be fascinating to follow how this all plays out, how the dominoes uh, will uh, continue to fall and affect everyone around the uh, the Southern Conference. By the way, speaking of SoCon, that Chattanooga team, they're 4-3, and 3-1, three, three and one, cooking with Crisco right now. They face Furman at home, who is 4-3, and 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Chattanooga, uh, they are, again, playing really, really well. They lost a game earlier in the season to Austin P out of the Ohio Valley. Austin P's not having a great year. But, man, Chattanooga, with their wins as of late, beating ETSU and, and how they're playing right now, keep an eye on the mocks. Chattanooga out of the SoCon. They've got a game against Furman. They should win this one at home. But uh, you never know in the SoCon, again, if you like drama, if you like roller coasters, that is the conference to follow right now. And a team to keep your eye on, Chattanooga here over the last month in the FCS. Could they find their way into the bracket? Could they get the automatic bid in the SoCon as well? Follow the mocks here over the last four weeks of the regular season. All right, a game that's not really on the radar nationally, but it does have playoff implications. Davidson at Moorhead State in the Pioneer Football League, non-scholarship uh, football league that has had success in the bracket. Uh, strict, I mean, basically from San Diego, the Toreros have been the team that have run this league. But Davidson has come on as of late. They won the league title in the springtime. They're back at it again, 5-1, and 4-0 in the Pioneer Football League. Moorhead State is 5-2, and 4-0 in the Pioneer Football League. Davidson has already beaten San Diego, the perennial power in this conference. This could determine who gets the AQ. It's only a one-bid league, so this is like a playoff game this weekend with Davidson at Moorhead State in the PFL. All right, who's going to the playoffs out of the CAA? Villanova ranked fourth in the country right now. They went to James Madison. They won. We illustrated that one a few weeks ago. Uh, they had their issues at UAlbany. They bounced back and they destroyed Rhode Island 44 to nothing last weekend. They're 6-1, and 4-0. They're at home this weekend. Could it be the Tribe from William & Mary? They need a signature win. This would be it right here. William & Mary's 5-2, and 3-1 in the CAA. Quite honestly, if William & Mary loses this game, uh, they would trend downward. You would not expect them to be in your bracket as you look at all the bracketologists out there uh, with the way it would trend with the loss. With the win, William & Mary, all of a sudden, they are in the spotlight as the potential third team in the CAA that could move their way into the playoff conversation. Again, 5-2, and 3-1. and one. Villanova's defense lights out good. They want to run the football as well. Daniel Smith, Justin Covington, a good one-two punch at quarterback and at running back. It's a big stage and a big chance for William and Mary on the road at Villanova to get into that playoff discussion as the third team in the CAA. Also, you've got Elon at James Madison, a chance for the Phoenix and their quarterback Davis Cheek to rise up the ladder. He had a great weekend last weekend, 87% completion percentage. But as we know, very tough to go into Bridgeforth Stadium and beat James Madison after they've already lost a game at home so far this season to Villanova. A chance for Elon 
to jump into the conversation this weekend as well out east. And there's no doubt the game of the weekends in Cedar Falls at the Unidome. You got number three Southern Illinois unbeaten in the Valley at 15th ranked Northern Iowa coming off of a game they needed to win. They were on life support and they go to South Dakota State and they win. They beat South Dakota State. They've done it the last few times where they've needed a victory. They went to Brookings and they dominated. There's nothing fluky about it. They shut down the run. Isaiah Weston made some big-time plays. Matthew Cook hit some big field goals when they needed them to. And Northern Iowa won at SDSU 26-17, handing the Jackrabbits their second home loss already of the season. UNI is still not out of the woods yet. 4-3, and 2-2 two and two in the Valley. A win over Southern Illinois here would, I think, officially put them right into the bracket at 5-3, and 3-2, three, three and two, and a win over third-ranked SIU with the win over SDSU. That is a huge resume builder from last week. But to hand Southern Illinois their first loss in Valley play, uh, you could afford to finish 7-4 and four in my mind if you're Northern Iowa with a hard-fought loss at Iowa State and a road win at Sacramento State that some people look at and say are going to get the automatic bid, could win the Big Sky Conference outright, with the way the Powerball schedule works out this year for the Hornets in the Big Sky Conference. Northern Iowa wins this game, folks. They win at home against Southern Illinois. They are in my bracket and would have some room for air as well if they're able to beat the Salukis this weekend. All right, that's going to do it for us. Had a lot of fun looking at all of it, realignment discussion. We'll try and get away from some of that here in future pods. I've got a feeling, I've got a feeling, it's not cowbell, But I've got a feeling that next week, with all the big games that have playoff implications, top two seeding and top eight seeding implications, we're going to talk a lot about what's going on on the gridiron. I cannot wait. My name is Jeff Colhane. Thanks for locking in the FCS Fever podcast. You know what to do. Subscribe, comment, like. Let us know where we should should be looking with some of the big games around FCS college football, some of the great storylines as well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.